from Las Vegas. I'm Rick Rosen with Mark Anthony. This is Good Sports. Good morning, Mark. What's happening, man? Not much. Hey, we're on iTunes now. <laughs> What's that? We're on iTunes now. We're on iTunes. That is yeah. amazing, and I do thank you for that. So yeah. does that mean I have to comb my hair? Oh, crap. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll work on this. I think I'll have Mary sit next to me and just have her be on the camera and there I'll get the microphone. I think that'll make <laughs> that'll make everybody happier, except probably Mary. She's beautiful. Uh, um, okay, so uh, uh, kind of a slow time. You know, NBA's over, NHL's over. Both nations here in Las Vegas, the NHL had their awards at the uh, uh, MGM Not-So-Grand yesterday and uh uh they you know they they pass out the awards and the stanley cup's been here for three or four days uh, they they take a time out from giving it to the uh, having to hold for a whole night uh, all across the world imagine the expense of that they they i mean it's got to go to russia it's got to go to sweden it's got to go to wherever switzerland i think um and and several locations across uh, North America, certainly in Canada and, and and the United States, one at a time, and it take they take three or four days out of that uh, journey. Uh, our buddy Phil from the NHL gets man, I want his frequent flyer miles. He has to, <laughs> he has to go and be a part of every one of those. And the players, you know, they 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 have used the Stanley Cup to baptize babies. They drink champagne out of it it is literally theirs to do with as they see fit some guys take it to church some guys take it to the bar some guys take it to the ice uh, arena where they uh, play junior hockey or learned how to skate and all those kinds of things i mean damn near anything you can think of they do that they could do with the stanley cup they either do or have done already i don't think there's much new um, mm. there are there are people that have decided it to, it looks enough like a uh, a uh, toilet, I suppose, <laughs> that uh, there are uh, some indications uh, that it has been used as an impromptu urinal. And I, I don't yeah. know why you would you would desecrate a trophy. Is, it's the longest trophy of, of the four organized uh, puck-playing, ball-playing sports, uh, uh, you know. And I, th- there are other major sports, but, uh, yeah, I guess the big news is the NHL may or may not come to Las Vegas, which we've known since they started building the, the arena. Uh, Mr. Foley has uh, put in dirt, and uh, I don't know how, how much money has been put into it, but, uh, you know, uh, pre-selling season tickets, they uh, they finally got their 10000 uh, mark, uh, uh, but it took them a great deal of time, Mark. I don't th- – indicators are to me that I don't see that fervor that you see in, in some locations that do not have a major league sport. Las Vegas has so many other major league things. I just don't uh, – uh, I, I don't get that. Oh, my God. I mean, if the, if a NFL franchise was coming here, you'd have people lined up to prim to buy tickets. Uh, NBA, no, they, they – They'd at least be out there to gene <laughs> for for the NHL. They're like, yeah, we'll we'll do it. Let me see. Uh, maybe next week I'll give you a commitment. And though you know, so, some of the places, uh, ten thousand ten thousand uh, commitment seems to be the the watermark for, and it is taking taken, I believe, the better part of nine months, Mark, to get to the ten thousand uh, uh, commitment mark uh, for the. Uh, uh, for the team, uh, I think it was the Tampa Bay Lightning that just played in the NHL playoffs. Um, it took it took under an hour to get to ten thousand. So if you're going to compare, you know, oranges to oranges and apples to apples, okay, okay, um, okay, okay, it, uh, okay. So you're comparing Las Vegas to another another metropolitan town, thinking that they're both the same. See, this is where everyone's getting this wrong. Pretty much. Yeah. Everyone, Vegas is so unique. Yes. And the reason that it took them to get to 10,000 is the very same reason that you're saying that this won't work. I'm saying this will work. And if the NHL has any brains, they would not even hesitate to give us a team. You're giving them a lot there, of credit, but this is somebody that moved there. Yeah. They're uh, – um, 
they saw fit to take what was perfect, working perfectly well at the Palms. They had a great setup there at the Palms for their awards, their red carpet and everything. Then they moved to the win. It lost something in the transition there. It was very fan-friendly at the Palms. At the win, not so much. Uh, buy a ticket, come in, be invited or whatever. It was a much more uh, sterile type atmosphere. Now it's gone to the MGM, the, the, the fine folks who brought you the paid weigh-in. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's go watch Floyd Mayweather stand in his underwear and weigh in. We already know what the hell Floyd weighs and Manny Pacquiao and, you know, they were able to do that. So all for the dirty dollar. Um, yeah, I, I, again, Mark, I think it will work initially, but Vegas is Vegas, man. And if you're not a winner, if you don't put a winning price, nah, it's, there's other things that are going to, yeah, that was fun, but it ain't that fun. And, you know, I, I, I think it is the only game in town, but, you know, I think people say, uh, unfortunately, they say Vegas doesn't have major league sports yet. Yeah, they don't have one of the four that you think about. But my God, I don't know if there's any more of a major league sport. The NASCAR, we have the Las Vegas Motor Speedway, and Bruton Smith, the owner, would certainly like to bring a second uh, race to Vegas. We have their uh, Champions Week, and... You know, uh, they, we we have a lot of stuff that is major league. Certainly, the UFC and and MMA um, is a huge major league type of of accomplishment and sport that is literally headquartered here in Las Vegas with Dana White and and Zufa and thing uh, um, centers here. So it doesn't necessarily mean this would be our first sport. Boxing comes here. You know, they had boxing back-to-back. The, the, the midday one, the cameras, When if you watch the, the broadcast of what went on, uh, was it Sunday afternoon? Yeah, maybe it was Father's Day, Sunday afternoon. The, they literally could not show any any part of the stands. You never saw that camera pan up even a little bit, to tilt up, because there were empty seats. Most everybody that was inside the the engine arena was dressed up as an empty seat. Day day day. The attendance was not uh, uh, certainly the paid attendance left a lot to be desired. Um, uh, if it's not Floyd Mayweather, it's not Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, uh, people kind of take it or leave it. Uh, Adrian Broner was supposed to be the next big thing, man, and he got a he got a knockdown in the in the twelfth round. It did not affect the, the scoring. I mean, it was almost a he he damn near got uh, shut out uh, on one of the cards. He he was uh, he he only got one hundred eight points. That's that's nine times all of them. That's that's it. That's he he was the loser in every single round. Even though he obviously got the knockdown in the in in the the twelfth round, and um, so there's just uh, there's just that that lack there. But again, if you don't put the winners out there, you're you're fighting an uphill battle here in Las Vegas. And I think uh, I I don't know. I mean, with an expansion draft and those kind of things, you know, in baseball it's all pitching, pitching, pitching. If you got the pitchers, you've got what you need you can you can put the scarecrow out there at shortstop if you have to and still have a shot if you've got pitchers that, that keep guys from hitting the ball um in in hockey <laughs> goalie 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 if you don't have the guy that's the last line of defense that's worth a damn you don't get it and uh, uh crawford and uh, uh bailey the two uh, stanley cup finalists uh you know they were the guys they were the men and the Stanley Cup Finals, the only time there was ever more than a one-goal difference was in Game 7, and it was 2 nothing. And so goalies, goalies, goalies. Well, nobody's going to make their, their goalie that's worth a damn available to any franchise, and especially if they bring two of them in at one time. It's really going really to be a tough deal. Yep, newness, that's cool. But that will wear wear off, kind of like your new car. You know, first first six months you have a new car, or first three months you have a new car. You, nobody farts in your car. And after about six months, yeah, you stop by McDonald's on the way home, and then there's a there's an old fry down there on the mat, and you you clean it off, and there's always that little grease stain. You know, after you've had that car a year, you got the frickin' buffet in there, and and there's soda pop here, and and beer spilled 
there and, you know, empty condoms. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it just loses something. And I think you're going to see that with this, uh, with this NHL franchise. And again, I think the only one that makes financial sense to include all the casinos at any appreciable rate is the NFL because there's so few games they can afford to bring everybody in. In hockey, there's eighty, there's eighty-two regular season games, and nobody's going to fly guys in forty-two times a year to make an appreciable difference in attendance and what the casinos want to get out of it, which is gambling losses. Uh, I mean, not for the casinos, for the yeah. patrons. The casinos don't lose, <laughs> but they need you know they need asses in seats. And I uh, again, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this works. Um, you know, I wish them well. I, I I hope it works because I think it would. If it works well, I think it w- it will result in Las Vegas being having a an NBA uh, franchise, which I believe will work better. But nonetheless, season tickets are are very, very, <laughs> that's a luxury thing that I don't think the general stiff in Las Vegas can afford. Might be able to take the family now and again to a hockey game, but when you're talking about season tickets, you're talking about corporate season tickets, and when you're talking corporate anything in here in Vegas, you're talking about the casinos, and it has to make financial sense. Or, you know, I don't think Caesars Palace is going to go way the hell out of their way to help uh, MGM and Mirage, and uh, uh, so it's not. It's not going to be everybody's just going to. Hey, good. They're not going to follow the yellow brick road when it leads to somebody else's casino, and that's just. Uh, I think that's the reality of the situation. So, oh, I God, but I wish you guys. Would, that, you know, you know, guys like you. I wish you know, you know, you would get out of your mother's garage and visit Las Vegas because you are so so wrong on this one. If the NHL does not give Vegas a team... You're from Minnesota. What the hell do you know about hockey? If, if the NHL does not give Vegas a team in five years, the NHL will be exactly where boxing is. Everyone will go NHL. Oh, I find that hard to swallow the um, nba will nhl has the nba would fail here the the nhl realizes that people much like birds <laughs> go have come south because nobody likes to live up in the you're, you're here from minnesota right. one of the factors not the only one of the factors was i don't want to spend another winter in six feet of snow and not see the, the street under me until it melts in March or April. And then you have the flooding and all that nonsense. Let's go south where the weather's better. So the sport has somewhat followed the, the, the population. That's why Tampa Bay has a, a very thriving NHL uh, uh, property because they have enough northerners there that don't really have much else to do. Uh, and, and so they, they, those hockey fans now, we've brought the mountain to Muhammad. And in Vegas, there is other stuff to do. And there is, if you have, you know, well, I can go, I got a couple hundred bucks in my pocket. I can take me and the young lady I'm with too, and then hope I get laid. <laughs> or I can take her to dinner and throw a hundred bucks in her slot machine and know I'm going to get laid. <laughs> the cocktail waitress is going to help me. She's going to get her drunk for me at the NHL game. Beers are like nine bucks a piece. So you have, I, I just think it's a, it's a unique situation here in Las Vegas. I think initially it will go gangbusters. And if they don't get out there uh, immediately, if not sooner, you're going to see the decline happen, Mark. And it, it's not, uh, I mean, I don't want to be a naysayer. I just do try to be honest about these things. And I, it's a hoe that, you know, you can go to the Electric Daisy Carnival and you can go downtown for the free concert. So you can do this and do that. Yeah, okay. So when you give people choices, they're going to, sometimes they're going to take the other choice, uh, places where they don't have many other choices. Okay, you just kind of, you know, so be, being the only buffet in town. All right, where, where are all those fat people going to the only buffet in town? Here, they're everywhere because everybody has a buffet. And, and I think that's, I think you're going to see that same mentality, Mark. But I, I hope I'm wrong. I really do hope I'm wrong. I like hockey and I would like to go. It's, a, you know, uh, uh, 
but I I don't think I will be buying season tickets anytime soon. For 40-something games. Let's say your let's say your seat just on the cheap seats if we say 25 bucks a pop, okay? Times 42. We're, we're talking about 20 $200 or thereabouts for a 2500 seat, okay? You got 2500 bucks marked laying around that you said, "Yeah, I'd like to go up there and see and see what something this big looks like from way the hell up there." It's it's just not going to fly. So, you need that corporate involvement. Um, you know, you look at our friends at the 51s who put on a they put out a marvelous product. I mean, my god, the the New York Mets, we're the farm farm team for the Dodgers. We were the farm team for San Diego, people that are in the neighborhood. Then we went back to we're the farm team for the Toronto Blue Jays, you know, right around the corner. And so that that adversely affected them. But if they don't have a winning product out there, you know, they do a marvelous job uh, uh, promoting and and, and putting a a winning product on the field for the 51s. And they still have – they still just – beat their heads against the wall to sometimes get a crowd of, of a thousand people out there. You know, they have to have dollar, dollar beer night. I don't think you're going to see dollar beer uh, venue anytime soon. So, okay. So name a hockey player. So name me the top five hockey players playing right now. You're from Minnesota. Just wait a second. Some of those guys are from Minnesota. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. (laughs) Yeah. You're saying the 51s can't attract a crowd because it's Vegas. It's 110 freaking degrees outside. I'm not going to go outside, okay? Yeah. So, you know, basketball, the NBA would fail here miserably, absolute Mm. miserably, okay? Oh, I don't know. No. Unless they put up. I see. you know, you I mean, see the you see the the NBA player. People would stop what they're doing and and go to a game to see a LeBron James, or Kevin Durant, or Paul George, or James Harden, or Stephen Curry, or, and on and on and on. There's one of those guys on every single NBA team, save maybe for the Denver Nuggets, that have a, a marquee player that people want to want to go watch. Um, as Hockey, like I just said, name me five hockey right now. You know, would you recognize Jonathan Taze? Hey, he's here in town. He could walk through most any casino, and somebody from Canada or or Chicago will recognize him. But for the most part, the guy guy can go to Super Walmart and buy his damn groceries and get a you know a couple pillows and a and, and whatever he's getting and. Okay, he's just another guy who looks like another guy. NBA players can't do that. So I think there's a vast difference between the response you'll see. And and like I say, I hope this goes well because I think it will attract an NBA franchise. You know, we had the All-Star game. Las Vegas, the only place to have the All-Star game and not have a franchise to go with it. And uh, speaking of All-Star games... Uh, not to this. What a wonderful segue here! Yeah, <laughs> the the Major League Baseball All Star Game is coming up in, in here in a couple of weeks in July, and it always is. It's not exactly the min, but they count it as the midpoint of the, the season uh, for Major League Baseball. They decided to get some interest going. Uh, they had tie game, and they basically had run out of players, and they called it a tie, and that did not sit well. <laughs> people. So they've said, okay, we're going to make it important. So they said, okay, the team that wins the All-Star game wins home field advantage in the World Series. It used to just simply alternate between American League, National League. One year did here, one year the, the next. It didn't matter if it was the Yankees. They might be at a disadvantage home field-wise, even though they had won 10 more games during the regular season over their uh, National League opponents. It was simply uh, alternating years. Now they've said, okay, we're, we're going to give some importance. We're going to give some fake importance to the All-Star game, which is a, a beauty contest. I mean, it's, it, you would be hard-pressed to really call that a game. Uh, you, you know, you, you, see, you see there can only be two starting pitchers in the All-Star game. 
baseball all-star game and everybody else even though you're a starting pitcher on your regular team you come in out of the bullpen pitch an inning or two uh, a, a batter is lucky to get two at bats in an all-star game so it really is a very convoluted thing that there's a a, a great deal of importance uh, put on on the outcome of that game uh, it has decided World Series before simply because one team got to play four games at home and one team only only got three. So it forces somebody to have to win one on the road, which is a, a you know a tougher deal to do. Major League Baseball, in my opinion, Mark, screws that up. Like I say, the Kansas City fans have taken the vote. You get to vote 35 times. You can only vote online. And every IP address gets 35 or every email address, whatever it is, are allowed 35 votes. And then they stop counting them. Well, you know, what could possibly go wrong there? People with multiple email addresses, there's... They figure out how to get into the files of the FBI. They can figure out how to vote more than 35 times. And um, for whatever reason it is, eight of the 10 stars on the American League team as it stands now will be Kansas City Royals. Well, Kansas City's not running away. They're still still right there, but they're no – they're no better or worse than a lot of the elite teams in in the uh, Major League Baseball, but they're going to have all these starters, some deserve it and some not. And uh, so, you know, Kansas City may not, may not be all that anxious to, to help the Yankees get the home Red Sox or the Angels or whoever it is from their league, and they have interleague play. It used to be that when you watched baseball, you dreamed about – God, if only I could see the Yankees and the Dodgers, you know, it, it, hopefully they'll both make the World Series and then we'll get to see a Yankees and Dodgers. And they started interleague play. And so it took a lot of the mystique and a lot of that anticipation out of the out of the process. And so they kind of screwed that up. And instead of advantage, they said, well, we'll put it all on the all-star game. So now you can see the Yankees play the in at least some of the seasons. They you know, they play enough interleague games where every team in Major League Baseball has the exact same number of interleague games. And why they don't use that as one of the determining, I understand, let the All-Star game have some importance. But they have every team in their league playing interleague games and just say, okay, which which league has the best winning percentage? of these interleague games and make that one of the deciding factors for the home field advantage for the world series. That makes a lot more sense to me than, than this system that they have now, Mark. And uh, imagine uh, say it's the, 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 the Minnesota twins and the Colorado Rockies in the last couple weeks of the season. And both of them are 20 games out or thereabouts in the overall scheme of things to make the World Series or to make the playoffs, there could be some importance to those games simply because, hey, if the Rockies sweep the Twins or vice versa, it will shift that power from one league to the other uh, for the World Series or shift home field advantage. There would be some importance and some some reason to go out and watch those games. Um, so I, I think Major League Baseball has missed a chance uh, and – this is going to be this is going to be one of those things. You're going to see a reaction to this. Uh, there, uh, I, I don't know what the answer is, but I know this is not the the thing that they're looking for. Uh, Cincinnati, uh, the ballot box one year, mm, I think it was in the late '50s, something like that, Mark. And I think they had seven of the nine position players uh, starting in the All Star game were Cincinnati Reds, and so. Uh, before the internet and all that, they uh, they they changed their system because that just wasn't right. So you know, I mean, there's guys that are going to be left off this All Star uh, team that deserve to be on there who have in their contracts. If you're named an, uh, an All Star, you get X amount of money. Some of these guys, I think, I believe there's a quarter of a million dollars on the line on some contracts. And I think it's more than one or two. If you're named as an all-star, you get a $250,000 bonus. Well, you're not going to like the people. You're not going to ever eat Kansas city barbecue again. If it costs you a quarter of a million bucks, because 
some schmuck from Kansas City who's just really not all that good has your position. So um, there's going to be some input from the players. I think they should leave it. Uh, let the players vote. You can't vote for anybody on your own team. Okay, you play against these guys and vote. And and uh, or the coaches, or the you know the general managers make the make the clubs have a part of the vote. Make the All Star game one part and make that overall winning percentage from the uh, uh, from interleague play. Now now you've got kind of checks and balances, uh, much like our government's supposed to have. By the way, <laughs> Obamacare won today. What do you think about that? But six to three. <laughs> I have never seen so many try, people. Try to hold your enthusiasm. Well, <laughs> well oh, touched a nerve, did I? No, no, no. It's just, it's just. I have never seen so many Americans who hate America as badly as you guys do. You know, I mean, I mean, you know, hey, the vote's the vote, man. You I know, know, I know. When you step, step. You know, do you have insurance, Mark? People that don't have insurance do not hate America. They love not being bankrupt or being left out because they have some pre-existing condition. We're all in this together, you know. It's and I don't, I, I do not think that it's a perfect system, but it's a hell of a lot better than what there was before we had any system. Now let's make it work. We've got a, we've got the basis. Let's let's throw out the crap that doesn't work and include. So we include all Americans. So 30 million people become uninsured so we can insure 40 million illegals, huh? No, there's not. Oh, there you go again. (laughs) Okay. Um, There's a, there's a couple things about that. If we just insure everybody or have socialized medicine. I believe you've had uh, some contact with Canadians and certainly uh-huh. up there in Minnesota. And Canada uh, hasn't fallen Obama. into the yes. Can can Canada has not fallen into any of the nearby oceans or floated away on an ice floe. They have socialized medicine, and, and a that's lot of why they came to America. No, 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 no. You got it wrong, buddy. <laughs> Canadians do you know here there was there was a report on, on the cancer drugs and as a cancer survivor I, I'm 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 probably more um, interested in these kind of things than, than maybe everyday run-of-the-mill joke but they well here's the deal cancer drugs are 20 percent in Canada of what they are here simply because the big money has has is 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 running the deal here so they get to gouge and charge everybody more it's not cheaper to produce them in canada it's not cheaper to send them across there they just charge less mark and so the tail wag we have here in america and big money talks and they've got let all the all the money go in not a perfect system but you know uh again you guys lost six to three so nah 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 <laughs> No, America lost but six, anyhow. six to three. No, no. <laughs> hey, talk to John. You, your your boy Bush named him on there, and now he's 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 burned hey, him twice hey, on, this, on Obamacare alone. Yes, Rick? sir. How old are you? <laughs> uh, old are you? enough to know better. No, old no, enough no, to no, vote. No, I'm I'm no, I'm uh, no, I'm no. past fifty. Why? Because under Obamacare, you've got a whole group of unelected. People who will say, "Rick, you're too old. Take an aspirin. Go home and die." Oh, I don't. Uh, I don't remember reading that in the 900-page law. 900 pages just to say, "Okay, everybody's got insurance. Stop screwing people at the with at every turn." And there's doctors that don't want to treat you under the existing Medicare and Medicaid. So, uh, and, and that that's been around for half a century now, and they still haven't figured that out. Uh, to uh, to a degree that it's uh, you know an incredibly good system, but again, Mark, it's better than better than not doing anything. Much like we're talking back to the NHL, better than we have the NHL than we have nothing major league sports wise, at least those that are acknowledged as major league sports. But um, you, you know what you here. haven't heard, we don't heard need a soccer here. stadium in much more. Uh, What's that? Yeah. We don't need a major league team here. <laughs> Kind of like Obama. We have we, major league sports. 
Yeah. No, I I don't think so either, Mark. Uh, you know, again, it would be different if there was nothing else to do here. But there is something else to do here, and that's, of course, listen to good sports. Yeah, um, exactly. Have you ever been to uh, the Dumont Dunes, Mark? I've been by it, but I've never been there. But but we have an interesting I, interview. I somewhat no idea that uh, Dumont Dunes was up there, and they have uh, they have sand skiing. And I did a I did an interview with uh, with Jeff Christopherson, uh, uh, who is. Uh, not only the weatherman, but uh, part of the hierarchy there at uh, Dumont Dunes Ski Area. And uh, it was uh, somewhat of an enlightening uh, uh, moment in my life to learn about <laughs> sand skiing and those kind of things. So if you have that ready, we can uh, uh, we take a short break and come right back uh, with the interview with the... All right, we're back. Uh, joining us now on Good Sports... Our friend Olaf Christopherson, and and Olaf has a an interesting job. Uh, he's a weatherman at a ski area that probably doesn't get a lot of snow. Olaf, welcome to the. Can I call you Olaf? Oli? Yeah, sure. You, my friends call me Christopherson, but you can call me Olaf. Christopherson, yeah. I can call you Olaf. Okay, that's yeah, great. Olaf. Can... No, I'm, I'm, I'm a bivocational. I'm a bivocational weatherman, and then I own a ski lift over there at the Dumont Dunes in the, uh, the California border of Nevada. There, you know. Oh, well, that's cool. And by the way, uh, Olaf, uh, you can uh, you can call me Rick, and I'm not going to say on the air what my friends call me. But oh, that's, that's <laughs> we'll wonderful. Just, we'll just settle out of court for Rick. Um, you were you were mentioning the weather. I, I will give a weather report for all those uh, Dumont Dunes uh, uh, sand skiers that want to know. Dumont Dunes is is where you're located, and uh, that, doesn't, that doesn't really sound in- like a ski area. But uh, there's well, a weather report up there. What's uh, what's going on weatherwise at Dumont well, Dunes? We have a we have a 365 inch snow base right now, and we anticipate with a dust storm. What's that? 365 inches of snow. No, of sand. There's a snow skin, there's a, there's a water skin, and there's a sand skin. That's different. Sand skin. Wow. Yeah. Uh, SS. Not too big in Germany <laughs> anymore, but, you know. No, I, I suppose that's not near as popular in the in, in the Jewish neighborhoods. As, no. As, uh, okay. Uh, the Dumont Dunes. Okay. So you have a 365-inch base. Yeah, no, we have uh, we have eight eight lifts up there, eight ski lifts. We have a three couch chair lifts. Wow. We have one lazy boy chair lift, and we have one and we have one kitchen table, four kitchen table lifts for a total of eight lifts. <laughs> oh, okay. Now that makes a little more sense because, man, you know, I'm from Colorado, and I I don't know that any of the areas have a eight lifts. That would be a lot of business up there. Uh, are you very busy up there at Dumont Dunes? Well, you know, we're pretty busy, but the heat is keeping people away. You know, at the Dumont today, the temperature yeah. is so high, hell is a local call. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty well, hot there, you know. <laughs> yeah, that, that's hot. People, I'm always amazed when people will say, you know, we're down here in Las Vegas, and they'll say, yeah, it's hotter than hell. And I say, no, it's not. You better change your ways. Because well, you know, you were, asking about, you were asking about the crowds and stuff, you know, and of course... I came from professional sand skiing myself in in the in the, uh, in the Sahara Desert. In fact, uh, I moved over there with uh, with my great grandfather Knut Knutsen. Knut Knutsen. That lumber. was your grandfather, the yeah. the Knut Knutsen. The Knut Knutsen, the lumberjack. He moved over to the Sahara Desert. He was a professional lumberjack in the Sahara Desert. And what? what I'm if if memory serves me correct, there's not a great deal of forests. Or well, that's even how good he was. And, <laughs> I suppose. See, now you know how good he was. <laughs> well, uh, is there a uh, is there a training area up there when somebody would like to get into the sport, or do you just you you t- transfer what you know from snow skiing over to sand skiing, or what's well, the deal you know, there? the Mount Charles the Mount has the bunny lifts. Over here we have the uh, the uh, the funny lifts. The funny lifts. That's about the two inches of sand base. And uh, and we drag you behind the car. That's the best we can do there. <laughs> I've I've done that, but not necessarily on purpose. Um, yeah. Uh, are there are there like ski jumps and slalom courses and those kind of things? Well, we slalom sometimes, but that's only when we have to. Um, 
in the Yomper we do. The ski yomps are uh, basically we don't have ski yomps unless the scorpions are out, and then we have a lot of yomping going. Oh, you're talking about the big lips. <laughs> the, the big things, but yeah, that does make sense. Yeah, I, I would imagine you would have to uh, dip and dodge around the scorpions. Uh, are there moguls? 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 No, Those we don't the have any millionaires up there. You don't have any fellows with money. Yeah, well, there's a lot of them in Colorado. Uh, um, yeah, you know, you know, but how do you become a millionaire as a professional skier? Do you know how to do that, Mr. Rosen? How, how, how do you do that, Olaf? To become a millionaire as a professional skier, you start out a billionaire. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> okay, um, I know there's a whole bunch of Olympic sports. That are that are new or at least in consideration for the 2016 Olympics, which, I mean, it seems like they would already be building the Olympic venue and they would have figured out what sports they have. But is there any hope of of uh, uh, sand skiing being uh, an Olympic sport? Well, you know, we thought about uh, sand the paper skiing, you know, but uh, that was the skis <laughs> wore out there, so. I don't think we're going to be real popular at the Olympics yet, but of course I tell you, you don't have the mess of the snow melting with the sand, you know. I suppose that's it. You know, I was yeah. thinking that they do play, they have some of the Olympic sports that are done on sand. Beach volleyball comes to mind. And I'm wondering maybe they could make that a winter sport and, and kind of switch up the thing and have like snow volleyball. You know, you would have to have tall people because I would imagine on a warm day they would sink in or on a cold day they would just be stuck kind of right there. But uh, anyway, well, just I, don't a, see that, a I, I don't see that myself. I don't see that working. Excuse me for interrupting. I don't see that working because have you ever tried to jump up and down and hit the ball wearing a six-foot pair of skis? <laughs> you know, I I have not tried to do that, but uh, I would imagine that would be a tricky thing. Uh, is there a, is there like a sand uh, skiing biathlon where they stop and shoot at things? Because I know that's that there's a lot of that going on in the Middle East. They just don't recognize it as a sport. Uh, but there's a there's a funny you bring that up. There's a lot of shooting going up there in the Dumas Dunes too, but they don't recognize that as a sport. They have okay, shooting so up on the there. Well, trying to get away like, from the guys. Is this like ski by shootings, or is there? <laughs> yeah, you know what goes sh 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 bang. Sh 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 that's a drive by ski and shooting. Drive <laughs> by ski and shooting. You know, I got to tell you. Before what what before goes you clip clop clip clop bang clip clop? That's clip, an clop, Amish drive by shooting. Yeah. That's an Amish drive by shooting. Yeah, that's. That a, happens a lot in the Pahrump area, you know. <laughs> so I've heard. You know, my son. Uh, my son's up in Pahrump. He's going to be a fireman up there, and. uh uh, so he's uh, he goes to Death Valley. Uh, is there is Dumont Dunes the only place that you can go sand skiing, or are there other? I mean, are there other affiliations or other states that host this type of uh, of sports? Well, the Dumont Dunes seem to be the most popular because of the mountainous size of the sand there. We've tried to work in the Death Valley, but then we lost too many skiers. You know. Well, yeah, the that, that one place. My my folks, as I said, I w I'm from Colorado, and my folks went to school in Alamosa, Colorado, which is now Adams State University, but at the time they went, it was Adams State College, and maybe 15, 20 miles out of town, they have the Great Sand Dunes National Monument, and it's like you're in the middle of the desert. Uh, I actually had broken my kneecap and had a cast on my leg, and I was like eight years old, and we went up to the sand dunes, and uh, I damn near wore off three layers of skin with the sand that was inside that cast just to, until I could get the cast off. But uh, uh, really, I, I suppose there's what what kind of equipment does one wear to go to go sand skiing? I, I suppose you wouldn't need a parka or a. Or, well, I can or, tell you how to to get into shape, how to get a few simple warm ups for learning how to stand. You won't be the first person to tell me how to get into shape, but I'm in well, I'm in great shape, round as a shape. Yeah, I believe that. But here's here's a way you can get into shape for this for the sand skiing. You first okay. of all, you tie a cinder block to each foot with old belts, and then you just practice climbing up and down a flight of stairs. You know, and that'll a build up the leg muscle. So I'm going to yump, and I've, I've got my foot involved. Okay. Yeah, sure. Now, I must tell you, because I've got to go here pretty quick, but they, I started out my skiing career actually snow skiing in, in Colorado, somewhere near where you were there, you know. Oh, and, that's nice. But they gave, it got to too deadly for me. i got to tell you about the one experience I had there. 
he was riding up a chairlift with a total stranger up there in the telemark, I think it was, you know. Yeah. And the stranger turns to me and says, I haven't been skiing in 10 years. I said, oh, really? Why so much time off? He said, I've been in prison. You want to know why? Well, I said, not really, but I suppose you're going to tell me. So go ahead there. He proceeds to say they arrested him for pushing a total stranger off a Ferris wheel. <laughs> oh, that's so, uh, probably information you could have used down before you got on the lift there. Well, the rough part was I remembered who the fellow was. Anyway. That's, you remembered who he was? Like, said, uh, hey, I, I, evidently, he didn't hurt you. He didn't, he didn't push you off. But uh, No, you got to think, think about this now, Mr. Rosen. They said, he said, they arrested me for pushing a total stranger off a Ferris wheel, and I said, I remember you. <laughs> that's oh, why well, I gave up the snow skiing. I would think, and the recovery time probably had something to do with that. Well, uh, Olaf, it's uh, it's been very enlightening talking to you. Uh, sand skiing sounds, uh, uh, you know, I I'm from Colorado and I never really got into snow skiing. Water skiing makes sense to me. It happens in the summer months. There, you're out in a boat, and if you fall off, you're in the lake, and you're nice and cool. In the winter months, you go snow skiing, it's already cold, so you have to bundle up like a like an Eskimo, and then you go skiing, and if you fall, now you're even colder because you're rolling around in the snow, so it never made sense to me. So this sand skiing is something that uh, I might have to try out. Uh, is there, a, is, is there a, a, a season ticket that's available, or do you just, is it uh, as you get up there, you just go one day at a time? It's a 365 days a year deal here because in the desert, you know, the sand is uh, is good there all year round. We have good ski, uh, good sand conditions, and uh, and by the way, we 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 have uh, the one season we love up there is the cabinet maker season. Cabinet maker season. Yeah, see, wow, they put the cabinets up there, and when we sand them down, you see, as we ski down with them, you know. <laughs> they just strap them to your legs, of course. We well, strap them to our legs, and sometimes we just sit on them and make them into a <laughs> snowboarder, you know. <laughs> Well, by the way, that reminds me, you know, Mr. Rosen, do you know what snowboarders use for birth control? <laughs> I I really have no idea. What what could that possibly be? Their personalities. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what I use for birth control? My face. There you go. That'll do the same thing. My, you know, my face ain't no star, but they don't mind it because I'm behind it. You folks in front get the jar. Well. The guys always tell me I have the perfect face for uh, uh, for uh, a radio. So, uh, no, that's... Uh, <laughs> I had to think about that one, didn't you, Mr. Rosen? <laughs> well, the, the, some, uh, one of our other callers was was trying to call through. So, uh, well, Olaf, uh, I thank you so much for joining us here on Good Sports. And uh, uh, please stay in touch with us. You know, we might, we might uh, uh, come up there and... Uh, I suppose uh, eating, uh, you would no doubt eat a sandwich. Yeah, a sandwich. There you go. You're getting it out. You're catching on there. Okay. Well, we, we got a good deal. Thanks, uh, Olaf Christ, uh, Christopherson uh, from the Dumont Dune Ski Area and also the weatherman up there. And that's uh, that's cool. Stay in touch with us. Thanks so much, Olaf. Have you a good night. Good, good, good dog. And Hanson Gordon, the dog. Uh, same, same to you. Thanks, I think. <laughs> All righty. Oh, all right. That's cool. Okay, we're back. Um, uh, that's cool. Uh, John McCain. Uh, I saw his face on Sports Center, and so when when that happens, you know, he either died or it's uh, something about the Federal you. Boxing Commission. And yeah, listen, hey, he, this, your party put him up as the president, and he was wise enough to take empty-headed Sarah <laughs> as the running mate, and you know. I mean, that's because how, she, how do you screw that up? By making him yeah. the uh, candidate when they should have made her? Oh, wow. Yes, that would have been a step in the right direction. Why? They all, <laughs> hey, they all attacked her. They, nobody went after dumb nuts there. <laughs> hey, I like John McCain, personally no, speaking. No, I was, I was talking about the other dumb nuts. But anyway, okay. <laughs> There's several. Yeah, I think that's that is a broad umbrella that covers quite a few of the politicians. Yeah. But uh, okay, anyway. Uh, okay, um, the, the the federal boxing commission is an idea that is it keeps 
coming up. Uh, usually it follows a tragedy, follows a, a death or a, or a, a real problem. Uh, Muhammad Ali, they always use him as the example. Okay, we need something to protect. We need an Obamacare type deal, an omnibus type of thing that was going to protect everyone. And I don't think they'll ever come up with that, Mark. But we have some states. We're so fortunate in Nevada to have uh, the Nevada Athletic Commission and to have rules that most of the states copy or 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 very very similarly mimic the rules that we have here in Nevada. They when they want to have a boxing match in a place that doesn't have their own state commission, they use ours. They use our officials. They use our rules. Uh, Mark Ratner uh, moved on from being the executive director of the Nevada Athletic Commission to the UFC and gave them instant credibility wherever they go, wherever the UFC goes, where they don't have an intact uh, commission, an athletic commission, to give those rules uh, and make everybody safe. The UFC has taken it upon himself to self-govern. And they took Mark Ratner, and his word is law. I mean, yeah. if if you don't if you don't perform up to their standards, if you don't follow the rules, you're out. And uh, uh, they're going to the USADA for for UFC for mixed martial arts. Uh, as far as their drug guidelines, brought about because of the situation with John Jones, uh, he was doing cocaine. He was doing those things. Not. Those things were not included in the banned substances. So they really had a guy who was doing stupid things as a champion, and his drug test came back. Okay, you show positive for cocaine, and they really had no statutory authority to limit him. And they, they went on. Now they've made the rules say, okay, we're going to go to the USADA, and you're going to be our governing body for drugs. For- drug testing and those kind of things. So they've taken a positive step. They would like to consolidate boxing under one umbrella. And I think they use the UFC and, and mixed martial arts in general as their model. What are they doing right? And what are they doing wrong? I don't know of having the federal government run much of anything. <laughs> yeah, is really. A huge step forward. It's not going to be that Neil Armstrong, one giant leap for mankind, but I think, it is a step in the right direction, Mark, to to say, okay, no matter what state you're in, if you're going to have boxing, here's the guidelines, here's the rules that you have to you have to, uh, follow, or you're run afoul now of the the federal government rather than any state agency or whatever. So, uh, but I think they're going to use. I think Nevada is going to be very prominent in that. If if and when it comes about, I would not be surprised to see Mark Ratner. Um, be a part of that. Uh, I don't know if I've ever met anyone more well respected sports wise than Mark Ratner. Uh, Keith Kaiser just left. Uh, he was Ratner's assistant and did a great job when he was there. It started with Chuck Minker, uh, the guy that was in charge, uh, the executive director of the Nevada Athletic Commission, who uh, tragically died at a young age. But he was the iron fist of the Nevada Athletic Commission, and you did not run afoul of Mr. Minker. Mark Ratner was his assistant and took over uh, upon Chuck's death. Uh, and uh, very, very opposite of what you uh, what you got from Chuck Minker, uh, but uh, carried on the principles and those kind of things, and, and so it's a natural progression, and we have not lost anything. We are very, very fortunate to have the Nevada, Nevada Athletic Commission uh, have its uh, its hang on athletically here in, uh, but this federal uh, boxing commission, I mean, it's like, well, we have the idea first. Let's get it, and then we'll figure out what the hell it's going to do. So I think they're yeah. kind of uh, doing it in an ass-backwards uh, uh, system. But, you know, here's what we need. But they need something. I, I, they, I think everybody agrees they need to do something. What they need to do is, is kind of the open for debate. But, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's pretty much where we are. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see. Now that comes about. John McCain was on SportsCenter and and uh, had a, quite a bit to to say. I didn't listen to everything he had to say, but it's about this federal boxing commission. You know, we can't can't have rules where you can fight in Texas under different rules than you fight in 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 Las Vegas or in Connecticut or in Florida or whatever. Let's get let's make it all. You know, the NFL plays by the same rules more or less <laughs> in every venue, g- give or take an inflated ball or two. Um, <laughs> same thing. Baseball does the same thing. You know, the dimensions uh, of of, uh, of 
baseball uh, fields is the only thing that differs. I mean, uh, it's played on the 100-yard field. Um, weather conditions change. Some are indoors, some are outdoors, those kind of things. There are some differences, but the, the dimensions of the field are the same. In baseball, the dimensions are different. I mean, they have the short porch. They have the green monster. They have the, the baggies at the, at, at the Homer Dome. And, and all those types of things, they vary. So you, you can build your team accordingly, whether you need right-handed batters or left-handed batters depends on how close or far away the fence is, is in, in right field or left field. And you build your team accordingly. So that's kind of the odd, odd man out there. But hockey's played on the same. They've tried to very much make them the same and they give them some variance. Basketball. Uh, they they play on the same size courts, so uh, you know those things vary from one to the other. But for the most part, they all play by the same damn rules. And uh, for boxing to not slip further into the, to do something, but uh, I'm not certain that the Federal Boxing Commission. I mean, it might be a moot point, just like you talked about. Uh, but I think boxing is going to find itself just continually. Down and down and down. And all this talk, Deontay Wilder is our, our American heavyweight champion. He came out of our Golden Glove system. And uh, Boxing USA and that, we have not talked. You could not name a, a Golden Glove boxer at this moment, Mark. And so we're so dependent on the on the Olympics to give us that view of the non-professionals that are, that are coming up that next class up. And, uh, it's, uh, you know, a boxing continually shoots itself in the foot and then finds itself. Okay. You can't do that with one foot with a bullet hole in it, man. They, they shoot themselves with shotguns at every opportunity. You see boxing effing up and why, why would God? So hopefully this boxing commission would be a step in the right direction, but it, it may be too little too late. I mean, you know, it might be, it, it, it might be just wiping the forehead of somebody who's in ICU. Okay. That's nice, but you really didn't change much. So, and I think boxing is on, on life support for the most part, too, you know, uh, what's, What's going to happen? Who's who's the next superstar? Are we going to have to wait to the 2016 Olympics and say, okay, it doesn't matter what Great Britain gets. It doesn't matter how many golds France gets or Russia or whatever. It's all dependent on the Americans because this is where the big fights are. And, the, you know, this is yeah. this is where we're doing what we're doing. So, um, you know, they, they, there's a lot riding uh, future of – of the sport on what we as Americans do, and I'm I'm not real confident, Mark, that uh, that we're going to have that game changer kind of thing happen for boxing. I mean, there, there's you know, guys, you like I say, Adrian Broner, man, the next guy, Andre Ward. Okay, he's been out for for a better part of a year. You know, the Klitschko's have dominated now the heavyweight division and don't really want to fight outside of Germany or, or Europe for that part. So, you know, they did their thing here, and they're not a big Everybody's saying, oh, my God, I'm next time Vitale or Vladimir gets in the ring. No, you know, maybe maybe in the Ukraine they're doing that, but, but they're not doing that in Chicago. They're not certainly not doing that in Las Vegas, you know, or or the fight would be here. Well, a heavyweight championship fight, if it could draw, would be here. Uh, you know, uh, the MGM uh, certainly would make a uh, w- would make a run at a heavyweight championship fight if it was financially viable. And I don't think they are. I don't think boxing has that. UFC, you know, uh, yep, they're they're here and they're here to stay because they 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 financially are 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 very very uh, big maker money maker for uh the casinos they get all those butts in seats and those people have money you know coming out of those butts and they're, they're willing to leave some of it on the seats or at least <laughs> the 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 seat owners get some of it and that's you know that's why it works so uh boxing's gonna need something that i don't think a federal commission is going to 
is going to cure no. unless they have some good fist fights at the at the meetings. You know, be, be, the only reason people watch watch the weigh-ins is just to hope the guys don't have gloves on and start smacking each other. You know, it, I'll never. I'll go to my grave wondering why in the hell would you pay ten bucks to watch guys weigh in? How many perverts can there be? You want to see Floyd Mayweather in his underwear? Okay. You know, follow him around long enough. He has to pee sometime. You can go in and check out the entire package if you want. You know, Floyd's a good guy. But, uh, uh, Mark, before we, uh, before we check out today, the NBA draft is tonight and okay. it's televised. And there's another thing, honest to God, <laughs> we telegraphed in the NFL draft to see people that, Three years down the road, they might have an impact, but I don't think there's anybody in this draft. There's no Magic Johnsons. There's no LeBron James. There's no big games that are going to be immediate game changers in this draft. Seven players from the University of Kentucky, the the team that lost in the semis this year, are predicted to go, and I'm almost positive they will, go in the first round of the draft, unless one of them was caught last night smoking weed or <laughs> or raping nuns or doing something. Yeah. Seven of them will go in this, in this first round of the draft. So, uh, I mean, if you just think about that, put that into context. There's only five guys out there at any one time. And if you have enough talent that seven of you are first-round draft picks in the NBA – Wow, that's a, that's a that's a marvelous thing. I think it's a wonderful uh coach John Calipari's uh not only his coaching abilities but his recruiting abilities. So, you know, the the rumors are rampant that they yeah, they cheat and they pay these guys. Why not? They they yeah. they're bringing in a they get some of it and so uh but uh the the top two guys uh Okafor from uh from Duke and uh Downs from uh, uh, from Kentucky are going to go one two and because they're big they're tall they're not the most talented guys they're tall very talented guys and they say you can't coach height and uh, so they're up there but uh, the Lakers are going to get uh, measurably better by having a big man not named Dwight Howard uh, uh, out there on the court for them this is obviously Kobe's last year uh, like it or not I do not. I'm not real optimistic that Kobe's going to be able to uh, put his body through an 82-game NBA season without it breaking down again. His legs have been going, Achilles, knee, blah, 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 on and on. Uh, Big news in the NBA is that uh, both Kevin Love and LeBron James opted out of their contracts with Cleveland. Obviously, LeBron has done it not to leave Cleveland, but to give Cleveland some, some leeway in Putting more talent around him, not named Delavadova and and Mozgov and whomever and J.R. Smith and <laughs> Imam Shumpert, uh, recently of Kid and Play, around LeBron to win an NBA championship. Kevin Love from Los Angeles was a big star at UCLA. Opted out of his contract. I don't think he was the equal of. Chris Bush at Miami with LeBron. And so he may actually opt out to leave. They would like to keep him. LeBron went way out of his way to recruit Kevin Love to Cleveland and Love got hurt and, and, and wasn't able to do it. Kyrie Irving will be coming back the first overall pick, a young man that came out of Duke, a tremendous ball player. Uh, so I think the Cavaliers are guys like Iguodala, Andre Iguodala went to Golden State with the idea of I'm leaving the hellhole that is Denver and going to Golden State because they have a chance. I don't think he thought that he was going to be the man, even though he was the NBA Finals uh, uh, MVP. Uh, but he knew they would have a chance. There's enough talent there with Steph Curry, uh, uh, Clay Thompson, et cetera, et cetera, uh, to, to, to get to that next level, and they won the championship. I think a lot of guys that are going to be free agents in the NBA are going to look and say, I would like to go play with LeBron in Cleveland. Dwayne Wade has opted out of his contract in Miami and may very well follow LeBron to Cleveland, and that would be a good thing. You need that veteran leadership, and I don't think Dwayne Wade in any way, shape, or form is the player that he was three years ago, and uh, age catches up to all of them. 
and, but I think he would be a, a great addition to LeBron James and the, and the Cavaliers talent wise and leadership wise, uh, there, but there's nobody on that. There's nobody out there, even though the seven guys come from Kentucky. I don't think there's a game changer in the bunch. I don't see a guy with the dynamic shooting abilities of, of Steph Curry. Uh, that's that's presented himself. I don't think there's been any dominant Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, those kind of players that are in this draft. It is a deep draft. So some teams are looking to move down. The New York Knicks need warm bodies. They're, they've got the fourth overall pick, and they would like to trade that to somebody for some existing players that are already proven NBA players. But nobody, nobody gives a damn. We're going to get the same talent at number 10 that we would get by trading away guys that we really need to get to number four. I don't think the fourth best player in this draft is going to be somebody that you're going to go out of your way to acquire, to move up from 10 and throw in some extra baggage and, and contracts, this convoluted contracts that they have. You have to, with the salary cap and all that, you have some, some dynamic changes or, or, very, very creative uh, trading and, 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 and packaging of people to fit that salary cap. Next year in the 2016 season, the new television contract kicks in, and it's going to bring in a great influx of money into the NBA and into that uh, uh, salary uh, Everybody goes up next year, so nobody's wanting to sign a long, long-term contract this year when they can cash in for – as much next year uh, just by simply waiting one year. So they'll have to tough it out at 20 million bucks this year <laughs> when next year that same guy is going to be worth 30 million. And that, right. that's exactly what we're looking at. So you're going to see a lot of one-year contracts. I don't think you're going to see the uh, uh, the draft produce any any game changers. I don't think it's going to be a, a paradigm shift as far as talent goes. And, you know, um, one NBA note, George, Carl, uh, he of the Seattle Supersonics and the Denver Nuggets and now with the Sacramento Kings uh, is having a uh, not so good relationship with DeMarcus Cousins, who's one of the meanest, surliest SOBs I've ever seen ever get on a basketball court. And uh, coaches are a dime a dozen. And obviously, you've got assistants on every on every team that are potential NBA head coaches, and you don't have many big guys like DeMarcus Cousins who have that snarly, not-in-my-house attitude. You know, he's like Dikembe Mutombo on on steroids and caffeine and meanness all at the same time. So, anyway, um, uh, uh, again, the NFL gearing up. They're having their mini camps and those kind of things, and guys are getting back out there. They're... It is that the Denver Broncos explored trading Peyton Manning. I have a quarterback in waiting and Brock Osweiler, he of the 6'7 or 6'8, depending on whose measurements you take, a uh, young man who's held the clipboard long enough. And, and he's been there five years now and he's learned from, he's learned from the best. And the, you know, the story is the Broncos were, were interested or at least listening to trade uh, talk about Peyton Manning. Okay, well, Peyton Manning hasn't won him a Super Bowl yet, and I don't think his chances improve this year from last year. You know, he's getting older, too, and the neck surgeries and all that stuff that's gone on. So, um, I, And I think Manning is aware that it's a business. That's why he left. You know, the, Andrew Luck replaced him at Indianapolis. Indianapolis got very lucky getting Andrew Luck to replace a Peyton Manning. And I don't think you're going to see that be a problem with Peyton Manning. He understands, you know, he, he grew up with Archie Manning being his dad. And knowing about the business side, uh, I don't think that's going to be a problem, but it remains to be seen. Some guys get their panties in a bunch because somebody talked about trading them. But then when they get a chance to talk, this is a business, man, I, you know, I got an agent because this is a business and my family can't live on 15 million a year. Yeah. I need 18 million and whatever. So you hear those nonsense conversations, but NFL gearing up, we'll see them guys uh, out there toiling and toiling in the summer heat. Yes. Uh, NBA coming here. The summer league's coming uh, to Las Vegas. Uh, the uh, basketball USA coming in August for their uh, annual journey into the desert uh, to where we can witness all-star caliber basketball, pro basketball for two weeks here in, in August. Uh, the NBA uh, Summer League certainly is a showcase for the young talent. And speaking of young talent, 
it's packed the Mac weekend at, yes. uh, for Tough Enough. Uh, Barry Meyer's Tough Enough. Uh, they're honoring Barry Meyer. It's free. How do you F up free? Uh, Barry Meyer's Tough Enough. Jeff Meyer's done a great job. Uh, and, and for the second year now, Barry Meyer unfortunately took his own life, uh, losing a battle to despondency and uh, 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 depression. And so this is on. I have the uh, suicide prevention groups there and whatever, but it's free. All. All you have to do is go to unlvtickets.com. I believe Finley, uh, uh, Toyota, you can get tickets darn near anywhere you want to get tickets. And last year, the attendance at this event was about 14,500. There's no reason that we can't get 18,000 people in the 18,000-seat arena that the Thomas and Mac is for a free event. But if you think about it, Mark, the, the correlations there, it's free and people still don't go. Yeah. It's free, and only fourteen thousand out of our couple million went to something that was free. So we'll see. We'll see how that works for the NHL. Um, is that it? Anything else that we got there? Anything you can think of before we uh, before we hit the dusty trail? Um, we would like to thank our uh, our friend uh, Olaf Christopherson from the Dumont Dunes uh, uh, ski sand ski area for joining us here. Uh, I would l- certainly like to thank my uh, my partner in crime, Mark Anthony, for all he does. And uh, check us out on on YouTube. You can see us on all the all the multimedia things that are available. So, uh, for all of us here at Good Sports, uh, I'm Rick Rosen. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week. Take care. Bye. Uh-huh.